0: Welcome to episode 377 of We Don't Die Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And this is a video episode, so if you're listening right now and you'd rather be viewing, just head over to YouTube and type in We Don't Die Radio. Three seventy-seven, And today I'm thrilled to introduce you to another afterlife researcher who's also a podcaster. His name is Simon Bowne, and he is the host of the Past Lives podcast. He has a diploma in clinical hypnotherapy and is certified in past life regression therapy with several remarkable experiences of his own. Simon continues to explore what's possible. He's produced over 200 podcast episodes. Each one is an hour long and he talks with researchers or someone who has had an amazing experience in the field of the continuation of consciousness. With over 1 million downloads of his episodes, Simon's definitely making a global difference in lives. And I'm so proud that we get to share his story today with you. Simon Bowne, welcome to We Don't Die Radio.
1: It's great to be here. It's exciting to talk to you.
0: Oh, it's good to have you too. And you're always behind the scenes. You're the ones doing the interview, and I applaud you for that because people's Voices really need to be heard with their stories, but it's also fun to interview the interviewer. So who are you? What are you all about? How did you get into this wonderful world of, well, your podcast and what you're sharing?
1: Well, I, I, um, I've i always had a fascination with the afterlife and the um, supernatural things. and I was 10 years old I'd go to the local public library and get all the books out whether it was about ghosts or Bigfoot or UFOs but over time you know as I got older more mature perhaps uh, I I went into really being interested in the afterlife and it wasn't so much about ghosts and that kind of creepy stuff it's more about um, survival after death and consciousness and how that works and uh, I ended up in the late 80s, I was going to the College of Psychic Studies in London, but I, I wasn't a um, student there. But what they had was they would teach mediumship and psychics and channeling and all sorts of things. And you could go there and just pay a few pounds and sit with the students and they get to practice on you. And sometimes you pay a bit more and you sit with the teachers. So I would go there regularly and I went there a lot. And I sat with a channel and somebody took me through a past life regression and I sat with mediums and psychics and it it was, it was so fascinating. And it's almost like, you you know, you get the buzz for it. It's exciting and you want to keep going. And uh, I just, I remember there was a a medium there and um, she kept on saying, you know, there's somebody here called George wants to talk to you. And I was like, I don't know anybody called George. She says, okay. And then we carried on. And then 10 minutes later, she goes, No, George is here. And we left it because I, I don't know a George. And I got home and I, I said to my mum, somebody called George was trying to talk. She said, George is your granddad. And I'd already, I'd only known him as granddad, and he died when I was five years old. So I didn't really know him that well. And it was this, you know, it's one of those tiny little kind of verifications. That you know if the medium can give you information that even you don't know yourself and it 's later verified this this is the kind of stuff that 's so exciting and and can uh, push you down that path a kind of a spiritual path and some people I think get huge hits on their spiritual path that they can leap forward, maybe it'd be a near death experience or something but then there's lots of us who have lots of little baby steps along the path, but you 're still on a spiritual path and it can be quite powerful and it can change your life. And so I've had other experiences where I've had sort of precognition a couple of times with psychic things and um, some weird stuff happening with feathers that uh, was just stopped my mind when when it happens and um, even seeing UFOs. And so I, I think some people are kind of open to it and tuned into it and other people are not so much and it's it's not um something that some people just can't do i think everybody can get into that mind space and can make that connection and that's something i do with past life regressions is taking people into a past life regression through hypnosis you know everybody can get there sometimes you need a little bit more work. Sometimes you don't. It depends on your frame of mind. But uh, some of the past life regressions have been remarkable. And some of the ones I've experienced, people taking me through them, it's it's just uh, some so powerful, the emotions and feelings that come through. And even little bits of physical feeling, you can feel almost the clothes that you were wearing in that past life. And I had a in that session at the College of Psychic Studies I went to this past life and I saw myself first of all as like a six-year-old girl in a park and I had bare feet and I could almost feel the grass between my toes and I was lying back on that couch and I opened my eyes just a little bit and it was like where my knees were I could see these little feet little bare feet and so it was most unexpected and um went on through that life to see all sorts of different things so over time you know I I was taken through past life regressions and I read so many books and I had my own experiences and I was started to listen to a lot of podcasts maybe 10 10 years ago 12 years ago and it was over time that I started to feel like you know I could do this because one of the things on the other another part of my life is that I'm a bass player and I've done a lot of recording and a lot of home recording even back in the nineties with software. So, you know, when it comes to recording a band, there's so much involved with the guitars and the bass and the drums and the vocals, recording somebody talking is a piece of cake. So it, it was like I had, it's almost like all these different pathways in my life were all coming together and converging to lead me into this thing of being a podcaster and talking about this, uh, information about the afterlife which is so interesting and also it can be so healing and so helpful for so many people because i get emails from people They might say that they have a terrible fear of death and it keeps them awake at night and i think there's a lot of people like that about and you wouldn't know it some of your friends might feel like this and i get emails saying you know you've almost changed my life listening to the information from your podcast and other podcasts like, you know, watching your YouTube channel, getting to realizing that when you die, your consciousness isn't annihilated, and that's just the end of it, that it carries on. And there's so many little bits of information where you talk to people with near death experiences. And then you might talk to hospice nurses who see people having deathbed visions, and they may even experience something themselves in the room. And um, talking to people who with reincarnation, Children that have past life memories, people that go through past life regressions, and they find that life and they prove that that person was real and that they wasn't just making it up during the hypnosis. So, um, putting all these things together, it's like a big puzzle. And uh, you know, we haven't got all the puzzle pieces, but we're getting an idea of the picture. So, I, I hope we'll, that
0: answered the question. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well, there'll be more. I don't know if we'll ever get all the pieces to the puzzle. Even when we transition, I don't. For your main business, is it doing the regressions and being a hypnotherapist or music? Because yeah. I, yeah. I know you're like me as far as the podcast. I mean, it's labor of love, but it doesn't necessarily pay the bills. So <laughs> what what does your music or your being a hypnotherapist? It's,
1: yeah, it's, it's the hypnotherapy. And I specialize in past life regression. That's just about all I do. But, um, you know, there's tiny little bit of money comes in the podcast and a little bit of money in right. gigging. But uh, I've been playing bass 40 years and I gig just about every weekend and I always have. So it's it's tremendous fun. But, um, yeah, so it's over 200 episodes of the Past Lives podcast. And I've started doing another podcast, which is about UFOs, because I kind of got led into that because, it's you know, it's all about consciousness is how I see it. And there's people who claim to be abducted by aliens mm-hmm. and they have the same after effects as somebody who's had a near-death experience. They Their watches don't work and they have tremendous synchronicities and they seem to take on psychic abilities that become heightened and all, all these things. And it, it's weird. There's some people who talk about abductions with aliens. Oh, I don't know if it's real. I'm just, you know, but I find it fascinating. and they'll talk about, they'll be with these ETs and they might have terrible vision, but while they're with the ETs, they don't have their glasses on and their sight's fine. Or they might have a disabled leg and they've got a limp, but they don't have it when they're with the ETs. And it's almost like the ETs have taken them out of their body and taken them away somewhere, like their consciousness or what you would call it, the soul or the spirit. And the sometimes people will complain to the ets why are you doing this to me why are you taking me and the ets will say you agreed to this before you were born your soul agreed to have this experience in your life and um i talked to a woman who um on my podcast and she's a psychic and a medium and she does a lot about uh, soul stuff and angels and things and she was she's really good psychic and she was telling me that one night she woke up standing next to her bed and there were four gray et's at the end of her bed and she, she was really scared and she looked down and she, her body was still in the bed it was like she was having an out-of-body experience and soon as she see that she kind of shocked her and then she was back in her body and she sat up and there were no et's there so it was almost like they're in the astral space, the, the etheric part of the veil, so to speak. And I think so it's, that that's it, it's, it's what they call high strangeness. And it's so weird. And it's exactly the sort of thing that gets me interested and, and it makes me think, okay, if, if they're in that kind of space, that's almost like the afterlife space where our, you know, our spirits go. So how could, could this be linked, this afterlife thing? And then, there's the near-death experiences having the same after effects as alien abductees. And Whitley Strieber, who was, you who's know, the author, he had a big book out in the late 80s called Communion, which had the face of an alien on the front of it. And he talked about being at his cabin in the woods, and the ETs would show up, and then people, dead people, would show up. He said, like, the spirits would come into the room. And so I, I don't know if he's telling the truth. But it's that thing for me. It's it's a uh, it's a magnet. It's like oh, I've got to know more. I got to hear more about this. So, um, man, I don't know what question you asked me. I'm just <laughs> rambling oh, I'm away
0: just, here. I'm sitting on the edge of my seat. I've never heard that about the after effects. Not that I follow any people that have um, <clears throat> said they've been abducted by an alien, but I think those after effects. It's really interesting and points to something. But I also feel whether you're playing your guitar or whatever you're doing, it's essential for all of us to follow our passions. So whatever that may be, we'll support you on. Absolutely. But can we go back? What were your, what were your experiences with the feathers? If I might ask, because people are always looking for good reasons to believe in the afterlife. And sometimes people, uh, they disregard some of the signs that are right there in their face. You want to share about that?
1: Yeah. So I, I was, recording an interview with a lady called Teresa Chung, who is a bestselling author over here. I I don't know if you've heard of her. And she writes books about angels and mediumship. And they're fantastic books, because it's lots and lots of stories from ordinary people telling these amazing things that happen. So it's um, it's one of the things I love about having guests is when they tell these stories. So um, I was talking to her about angels. And I, I was saying, yeah, but what, what are they really? You know, because they, there's this idea of angels with huge white wings in a gown and holding a harp. And she said, for some people, they're just like an, an energetic being or a soul or a spirit just like us, but they have a different job and maybe they've never been on planet Earth and they're guardians and they look after people. And there's sometimes you see a feather and that's a kind of a sign they're giving you that they're around. And so I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And I didn't know what to think of it. I didn't think much of it. The next day I'm walking down the street and I'm thinking about exactly what she's saying about the feather. And this white feather just floats down in front of me. And uh, I picked it up and I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's odd. So a few weeks later, I'm interviewing a woman who has co written a book with Teresa Chung. She's a medium. And uh, her name's Claire. I oh, can't remember her second name. She's she's like, she's got a waiting list that's two years long. She's so wow. good. And I was talking to her and we did the interview and I, we finished the recording. I was talking to her afterwards and I said, oh, yeah, this thing happened with this feather coming out of the sky. I was talking to Teresa. And we talked about angels for a little bit and then we ended the recording. And I left the room and I went into my daughter's room she was about 15, and right in the middle of her carpet was a feather, and it wasn't like um, she's a 15-year-old with the most appalling bedroom that's mess everywhere. It was a very clean carpet, and there was nothing in it on the carpet except for that feather, and I'm thinking, well, you know, it's like it's building up. I talked to Therese about it. A feather comes. I talked to Claire about it, and there's another feather just appearing at exactly that moment it's a coincidence it's a synchronicity and um so this gets even worse or or even better i went to see this medium who is local to us claire recommended her because she's really good and um this is before covid and she didn't know who i was when i booked it she didn't know my name or anything so um she didn't know anything about the podcasting that i do or any of my experiences and we sat there for an hour And she did some great stuff, you know, some real evidential mediumship. And then at the end of it, she said, well, how did you hear about me? And I said, well, I got this podcast and Claire recommended you. And she said, oh, yeah, Claire, she's great. And I was talking about oh this thing with feathers and the feather appeared, you know, and and she said, well, look down at the floor. And I looked down, there was a feather on the floor in between us on this clean carpet now, I, I we'd been sitting in these armchairs off at each other for at least an hour, and that carpet was clear. There was nothing there. And when I started talking about feathers appearing, a feather appeared. And so it was like the first time, the second time, it's like building up layer on layer, and it really compounded this thing. And when that last feather showed up on that carpet there, I was, I was just dumbstruck because it it was not there. And neither of us got up from the armchairs. Nothing was moved. And where did it come from? And it's, it's the strangest thing. And that is when my brain just stopped. I just could not work it out. And, you know, maybe it was stuck to the bottom of my shoe or something. But the thing is, even if it was and it fell off, the moment it appeared, it seems to me it's like it's got some meaning. There's something to it. And I almost imagine angels, they're like, What do we got to do to get through to this guy? Uh, They keep putting feathers down. You know, when's he going to take notice? So that was the thing with feathers. And before that, because I'm not religious at all, I never have been. And so this thing about angels didn't quite sit with me, but now it's something that's like Teresa's description of them, where they would be energetic beings, perhaps like us who are souls, spirits or something, and that they have a different role in the universe And that kind of makes more sense to me than sort of uh, people in gowns with big white wings. Wow!
0: Yes, we have to pay attention because I feel whether it's the spirit world or your life's purpose or whatever, it keeps knocking at your door. Keeps showing up. The signs do show up. I I want to talk about the name of your podcast first of all, Past Lives Podcast. There's two sides of the coin. There's a lot of people that believe in reincarnation and you know, it makes sense that we would be recycled like everything else and have another chance at it. But some of the greatest uh, schools on mediumship talk about when we go, we go, we just continue on in the afterlife. And, you know, it, to me, it doesn't matter what side of the coin people believe in because it all lends true to the afterlife being real. Absolutely. It does. And maybe people are mediumistic and can tap into the other side of someone who has lived. But by being a past life therapist, there is a profound difference that the therapy makes in people's lives. So maybe if you want to talk a little bit about uh, maybe why you believe in past lives and also the difference the therapy can make, whether people believe or they don't believe. Yeah, so...
1: I've had um, some great guests on the podcast. There was Jenny Cockle, who who was from the north of England, and she always had these memories of past lives through her whole life. It was like just normal memories. And when she was small, she thought everybody was like that. And then, you know, sometimes you you can read about or watch documentaries about children with past life memories and they get to the age of seven or so and they just start to forget. And a few years later, they've just forgotten all of it. But she's remembered all of it and she's in her 50s and she still remembers all of it. And so when she was in her 20s, 30s, she started traveling to this part of Ireland that she remembered this town north of Dublin called Malahide. And when she went there, and she was a guest on my podcast. I talked to her about this for over an hour, so you you can there's a little plug for my podcast. And she uh, she went to that space, and she knew her way around the town, like because she just remembered it. And she knew where the butcher's shop was, and the butcher's shop was still there. And she said, "Oh, they've knocked down those buildings." and there used to be a, like a movie theater over here, and she took the shortcut through the field to where her cottage was, where she lived with her children. And it was now a mess. It was falling apart. And she um, worked out, you know, she did the research because she didn't know exactly the names and dates of things. She knew her name was Mary, and she tracked down the woman that lived in this cottage, the children, and she found the children. And she went and talked to them. And the documentary was made about this because it was so clear. There's no way she could have known these people. And she talked about how she died young when they were still children. And she remembers being in the hospital bed when she died and what happened at that point. But she would talk to the she first of all contacted them and talked to them, and didn't tell them that she thought she was a reincarnation of their mother. But eventually she got to know them a bit and she told one of them. And she was talking to saying, I remember this time in the back garden when you were small and you found a frog in the frog pond and your brother came over and there was a fight and the frog died. And the the man was like, no one could know that. That's not like that would be on Facebook or something. And anyway, it happened in the 1930s. How could she possibly know something like that? And then she had another story and another story. And she talked so much about that period that. Even though these people are much older than her, they accepted her as their reincarnated mother because they just could not explain it any other way. And she remembered a life as a boy in London in the Second World War who got run over by a truck. And she found that family and the brother in that life. And she uh, remembered a life in Japan. And they went, the uh, documentary took her to Japan. And she was at this house and she was with the family there and saying, No, the house is all wrong. You know, it used to be like this size over here was big and there was a kitchen and they were like, how could you know? That's true. We knocked it down. It's been refurbished. No. How could you possibly know that we did this to our house? So there's these remarkable memories of for her. It's just normal memories like your current life. Wow. And what it's, her name? So much of it is correct. Jenny Cockle. Jenny Cockle. Wow. And there was a guy, Robert L. Snow, who was a homicide detective in Philadelphia for about 38 years. And somebody in his precinct badgered him into doing a past life regression. And he was a bit of a tough guy. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm, All right, I'll do it because just so you'll shut up and I'll prove it's nonsense, they won't even be able to hypnotize me. But now he's got a book out called Portrait of a Past Life Skeptic, where he saw this past life in the regression. And this was back in the nineties before the internet but he found what he called 28 proofs that that life existed, that person existed. It was a, an artist, not a famous artist, but a jobbing kind of guy who would do portraits. And he saw in this past life regression, painting this picture of this woman. And he thought, well, I've seen, must've seen it. Some must be a famous painting. And he just could not find it anywhere into the museums and the art houses. And, catalogues and things, never found it. And he was on holiday in New Orleans and he went into this art gallery and he went upstairs to where all the rubbish paintings are that nobody wants. And there was the painting exactly as he'd seen it in the past life regression. And that was his link. He found out who the author was and then he started doing his investigation. So he proved that past life was real. That person really existed. And he saw that in a past life regression. But with Jenny Cockle, she just remembers it. So there's two different sort of reincarnation things there that are very kind of powerful and really make you think, well, if it's not reincarnation, then how could they have this information? How could they remember this stuff? And the thing is, it's not just those two. Every time I take somebody in a past life regression, they remember a past life, or maybe more than one. And there's all these children that have been written about that remember past lives, and they give so much detailed information that is proven to be real when they track down these people. There's, there's, you know, it's Dr. Ian Stevenson at the University of Virginia. He researched it for about 40 years, and he was a real academic and a kind of, even he didn't say, yeah, it's reincarnation. He said that it's highly suggestive of reincarnation, but reincarnation is the most probable explanation. And if he's done 40 years of research, well, that was his full-time stuff, and he's a professor. You know, somebody's very clever. Maybe we should take notice of what he's saying. So, that you know, it's another point, another part of my past lives podcast that I'd like to investigate. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's sometimes people who have near-death experiences, during the experience, they learn about their past lives and they learn about reincarnation. So it's almost unexpected that the near-death experiences will be confirming reincarnation as well. But um, you asked about you know, healing stuff with past life regression because when we do past life regression therapy, we, we'd be targeting some kind of therapeutic outcome that the person contacting will be f- looking for. And sometimes it's um, unexpected where we go. And sometimes we, we, we go down that path. I had a, a woman contact me who had a tremendous sense of guilt and could not work out why because her life wasn't that bad nothing had happened and we went to a past life where she saw herself as a doctor in the victorian era and she was called out to a birth of a child and right she arrived on the scene as a a man in that life and realized that the baby was going to die within the next few hours and there's nothing he could do and he felt terribly guilty because he's a doctor he's supposed to be able to help with these things and this this tremendous sense of guilt there and we we looked at that and then we jumped to another past life which i didn't tell her to do or ask her to do in the hypnosis it was spontaneous and she found herself as an old woman in bed and she was dying and there was a young girl sitting on the chair next to the bed and she knew that when she died this young girl would go into an orphanage And this was hundreds of years ago, and it was appalling, the orphanages in those days. So she felt terribly guilty that she was dying and leaving this child. So we found two kind of events that were a source of great guilt, and we could work on that energy and do an energy release or cut the connection to that past life. But I had another lady who we were working on one therapeutic thing, but we saw her in a past life and she was in a forest. And she stepped into one of those bear traps and the big metal claws grabbed her leg in this past life. And she emailed me later, like weeks later, and said that she's had eczema on her leg a whole life. And she's in her 50s and it's now it's gone. And she tried everything with doctors and all sorts of remedies. But since that past life regression, it's completely cleared up. And it's who amazing. would have thought? that sort of thing where the metal claws in your leg in a past life might have a hangover in this life with this eczema. So it's it's just um, amazing. For, for me, it's a kind of uh, exploration every time because I never know what's going to show up. I'll just use hypnotic language. It will be things like take us to the source of your issue and uh, right. uh, to go to a significant event in a past life that is a cause of your current life issues and we'll just see where they go and where they end up
0: fascinating and do you do this over zoom like we're talking now or do you have to be face to yeah yeah it's all local. over
1: zoom and i i have clients from all over the united states australia new zealand i've had clients in norway and russia and sweden and italy so it's it's uh you know it's just like a connection like we've got now we're just talking to each other and it's like Absolutely. you know mediums can do this over zoom and mm-hmm. phone as well it's about an energetic connection you don't
0: have to be in the same room. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful for these kind of meeting places because we would have never been able to make such a difference with people in their lives if you know, we're waiting to see people face to face. Simon, I want to ask you about some of your favorite stories from guests on your past life podcast, because I know we have talked to people that have had near-death experiences, et cetera, and so forth, but you're a great storyteller, as I think... Our listeners and viewers can agree. But do you have some favorites that you want to share? Oh, yeah. Um, One of my favorite
1: interviews is one of my early ones with a lady called Nancy Rhines. She had a near death experience. And one of the things about it was that she found herself in this amazing landscape when she was, you know, dead. And there were a couple of people there that she called her spirit team. And they were walking through this landscape. And at one point, she looked around behind her, and it was just dissolving away into a mist. And they said to her, oh, this is all, you know, constructed for you for this near-death experience, this whole environment, this incredible landscape with the mountains and the forests. You know, that's just for you for your near-death experience. It's just what you need. And that's something I find lots of people who have near-death experiences. It seems it's particularly tailored just for them to give them just what they need. But um, I'm also fascinated by synchronicities because there seems to be something happening there that's that's weird. It's more than just coincidence. And I talked to this lady called Sharon Rawlett, and she's written a book on the afterlife, and she's written a book on synchronicities. And the thing that got her started was she was in the USA and she was going shopping, but she lived in France for three or four years And she sat in the car with her friend and they'd never been to these particular shops before. So she picked up a phone to get the map up and to work out. And the phone said she was in this village in France. And, that you know, that can't be right because she's in the USA. So they restarted it all and kept on saying, no, you're in this little village in the middle of France. So they had to use the friend's phone. Now, she found out later that her ex-boyfriend was in that village at that exact moment. And that he'd never been there before or since. And so there, there's some kind of weird, like an energetic connection like we're talking about, but the synchronicity of it and how it affects technology is just amazing. And and you know, it's another thing with technology. It's like phone calls from the dead. You hear those stories. And there was a, a guy on recently he told me about a doctor he knew who um was going to see a friend and he didn't know it, but the friend had died in a car crash that morning and they knew the time of the crash and he came back to the hospital later and his assistant said, oh, there was a phone call for you from your friend and she didn't know he died and they worked out that the call came in 15 minutes after he died. He rang up to leave a message, which was just to say, I'm okay. So that was, you know, that's a really weird technological connection that's coming through. And it, it's like a, I had a lady who had a text message from her mum, or her dad. It was something about tax and they needed a tax code. And the text message came up and it said, this is the tax code. And it was from her father's, her dead father's phone account, you know, and he'd been gone a few weeks and they put the code in the computer and it all came up and it worked. And then she went back to the phone the text message wasn't there and that's wild it, yeah and you know it's like you were talking about the signs that you pay attention to little signs that show up but some of these can be so obvious and um it might it might make you feel a little angry in a way because well if you can do it on the text like that why don't they all text us well why don't they all give us a little phone call just to say yeah i'm okay but uh i, I imagine for them it's you know in the afterlife your spirit's very hard to communicate with us. In our space, otherwise it probably would happen a lot, wouldn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. And in time, there's a lot of people working on different things, and I, I feel that our loved ones are with us. I feel, and you probably do too, that you know our life does continue on the other side. So it's not like they have nothing better to do than be by our side twenty four seven. But the thing is, if we're in a time of difficulty or stress or something like that with the taxes. You know, they might say, there's got to be a way to get this information out. Let's try this. Let's try that. And there have been some amazing things that have happened with with technology. Oh, I love those stories. Got any more? Hmm. Or you want to talk about what you think the big picture is, you know? Well, I've got um, an idea. I'll just show
1: you my mug. I'm going to get my mug. This is um, my past lives podcast mug. And you can see on there it's like a little die it's almost a tree trunk, and there's all those leaves. yes, it's this idea that um the tree trunk is your is the soul or your soul, and each leaf is a different life and just as a, a tree's got all those life leaves on it at one moment, your soul is experiencing all of your lives in the same moment because in the afterlife space there's no time, and so everything happens in the now and that's one of the reasons you can connect to your past lives. And that's also a thing where your your you as Sandra, when you die, you you remain Sandra and you you remain in that space. And your soul will send another part of itself, or another little percentage into another life. So when you die, you you stay in the afterlife. It's not like Sandra is reincarnated and there's no Sandra left in the afterlife because you've gone to the next one. You'll always be there your your essence and your consciousness, that's because your soul is just so, um, I think it's something we can't really imagine. It's so big and so, pow- not powerful, so much energy. So you have all those lives. And uh, there was a guy I talked to had a near-death experience and uh, he nearly drowned at sea. And he says he remembers coming back to his body and looking down on it and saying to these spirit guides with him, it's like, I'm not going to fit in that body. Look at the size of me. That body's way too small. But it's that thing, you know, and I I once heard somebody um, said they had this meeting with spiritual entities. They might have been angels and saying something to the angels like, you guys are just so amazing. I mean, so much in awe. I feel so small. And the angels were saying to him, no, 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 we're in awe of you. You're you're so amazing. You're such an amazing soul. You've having this life on earth you know which is a really tough school you know you've be really brave to choose to have a life on earth so um you know there's this that idea is uh, somebody else called it a kind of an octopus analogy where you know the head of the octopus is the soul and all the legs are the different lives and they even talked about different universes so there could be 10 sandras alive at the moment all having different lives but in some way you all affect each other. And uh, he talked about maybe Sandra in One Life Will Die and they'll come and join you. They won't go back to the, the soul or the head or the tree or the trunk. And it might be uh, you suddenly think, oh, you know what? I quite like classical music. And that's because the other Sandra really liked classical music. And they were bringing that into you. So there's all sorts of ideas, isn't there? And it's, it's all so amazing. And um I've, you know, even though I've done more than 200 episodes, I still don't feel like I've scratched the surface of finding out what's going on. So it's um, it's a thing of, like I said before, when you have all those puzzle pieces and you're trying to work out what the picture is, I don't limit where I'm going to go and try and find out more. But there was a thing when I started out, and I don't know if this it was like this for you, when you, you there were certain things you would think of, we're like, no, that's just too crazy. That's too woo. I'm not going to, I'm not really interested in that. And I, I don't think I'll talk about that on my podcast. But over time, you start to think, hang on a second, there might be something real about this. There might be something going on there. Like for me, it was angels. You know, for some other people, it might be this UFO thing and how the UFO researchers now are getting much more interested in consciousness and this idea that ETs are not, just like spaceships, like Star Trek or Star Wars. They're not scientists coming to the planet to investigate. There's something much more spiritual going on. It's, it's just so difficult, though. And you, you, Like the guy I was going to interview today had these, these weird experiences being taken to other places and coming up with this, um, this space where he was in front of kind of what he called the council, like the Council of Elders. And sometimes people go through past life regressions and they go into that space between lives and they come to the Council of Elders who are kind of your spirit guides. And they talk to you about like a life review, which is almost like when a near-death experiencer has a life review. So you you see another little connection there. And um, it's all these uh, different things and different paths coming together. See, I'm rambling again
0: (laughs) I love it. I love the rambling. I so love your mug with that picture. Because, well, first of all, again, I don't know if we'll ever know all the answers, even when we get over there. You know, our soul is so powerful, and so miraculous, you know, who knows if we'll understand it. But I love the tree trunk. Because, you know, there have been people that have been frightened, people that have lost their children thinking, Will I ever see them again or have they reincarnated? And, I, you know, I, if it all happens, it it is very comforting to know. And I do believe that we can be in two places at once. I absolutely am aligned with that. But I don't want anybody to feel like when you transition that your loved one is already off, gone somewhere else. You know, we are so very powerful. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And I I think that when when we pass on, we will stay there, we'll be there. And I, I was talking to, um, I've, I've interviewed so many people, I forget their names, it's terrible. But uh, this guy who's had this connection with his son, Jordan, who died, and the connections got stronger and stronger. But over time, Jordan's uh, personality has changed slightly. It's like he's become more mature and more knowledgeable and become more part of the soul. And he's almost become the teacher, whether, you know, your father's the teacher, but he's now. And one thing he told his dad is that he has reincarnated already and that there's a small child somewhere else in the US where that's kind of him reincarnated. But, you know, he's still communicating with his father And his father's still writing these amazing books about it. So it's not like his son just disappears, and it's because he was reincarnated.
0: Well, when you look at how many people live currently on planet Earth, there's, what is it, 8 billion, something like that. And just 50 years ago, there was 4 billion. So if it was just the classic case of reincarnation, there'd still only be 4 billion. However, I like this thought of Part of me's here, part of me's there, because there has been an explosion in souls, each one of us with a different personality and different experience. so no matter what, I think we can all trust that we go on, we really do, and as far as the UFOs, uh, just yesterday, Simon, we have a free Sunday service that we do online on Zoom, and we have a medium demonstration as part of it, and there's always a theme. And so the theme from yesterday was a view from above. It was really looking at life from a bigger perspective, but all the music I had was like star Wars and outer space. And (laughs) I did a reading just really talking about the vastness of the universe. And I, I mean, our brains can never get that we live in a never ending universe. And there are just trillions and trillions of galaxies and stars and planets and things. So You know, I'm open. And I think as long as each one of us is following our passion, we absolutely cannot go wrong. And um, even just coming from this time of COVID, if it can teach you just to be present and be with the people in your life and focus on what matters and what lights you up, and you, you can't go wrong. There's not one way that's the right way to do life, you know, it's your way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've had um, just a few rare times where I've taken people into past lives and they, and it's, it's spontaneous and it's an exploration and I don't know where they're going to go. And we get into a space and I, I might say, okay, where are you? First of all, what are you wearing? And they've gone to, it seems like another planet and they're in an alien body. And There was a guy who went into this space where he said he was training to kind of be energetic and send this energy throughout the planet where he was. And there were lots of these kind of aquatic beings. And some of them had that role to be these people who provide great energy to the planet and that he was training to do that there and that he's now come to Earth to do it here. And this is his first life on Earth and it's it's so weird and i don't know what to think of it because you know if this uh, detective can find a past life and prove it was real and other people do that and i've even had little things of that myself then what does that mean when they go to a past life on another planet does that add some weight to that idea and that past life that maybe that really did happen because they don't describe human bodies and they don't describe planet earth when they go to these places and uh it's it's just fascinating and when i was doing i told you earlier i was that child in that park and it, it was a weird park in london because it was on such a steep slope you know when they were building that area doubt town planners would look at the slope and say yeah that's a great place for a park you know because it's it wasn't that great and so it's quite a unique park And I found it a couple of years later. I was in a part of North London I'd never been to before. And there was that park exactly as I'd seen it in my past life regression. And the houses all around the park were exactly as the houses that I'd seen in that regression. And so that for me, that was a a little uh, verification that something's coming through from somewhere. And it's like with near-death experiences, when people see things while they're dead and they're later verified, that shows that their consciousness continued while their body, the heart had stopped and the brain was flatlined. The consciousness was continuing. And so if they, when they talk about how they see something, and I've got all sorts of stories of like this, when they see something there that was later proved that they were correct in what they saw, then when they talk about the afterlife space, when they meet their dead loved ones and they see the angels or the spirit guides, that kind of lends weight to that side of it as well. And, the, you know, they talk about near-death experiences going through a tunnel and going to these places, but only 15% of near-death experiences go through a tunnel. It says other things happen. But um, do you want me to tell you a couple of those verifiable sure. near-death
0: experiences? Sure. Yes. There
1: was, there was a guy who was in a city, and he hadn't been there before, and he was in an accident, and they went into the emergency room, and he died in the emergency room. And during the resuscitation, he f- floated up out of his body and he went through into the floor above in this hospital he'd never been in before. And he looked at all these beds and they were like shop mannequins in the beds. All the lights were out, this big ward. And this, he thought, this is bad. shop mannequins in the beds and all these computers on desks in the middle. And so later, he, when he was resuscitated, he was telling the nurse about this dream he had. And the nurse said, no, that's, that's our training ward. The mannequins are special medical mannequins. We practice CPR on them. And the computers is where we sit when we're somebody's training us and we're sitting there working things out. So he, he'd he never been in that hospital before, and he saw the ward exactly as it was. But they knew he was dead because they had him hooked up to all those devices. They knew his brain had flatlined and his heart wasn't stopping. And they were doing the resuscitation. And there was a study done um with near death experiences where they had a control group of say 30 people and then they had 30 people who had a resuscitation and they asked them to describe the process and the people who had near death experience were far more accurate than the control group the people in the control group were kind of describing what they'd see on tv or in a movie when it's all this dramatic stuff but the ndes were far more accurate but there was another guy who he um again he died on the operating table and he was floating above the body and he could see through a window. There was a nurse on the telephone. And he said it was like it was like that. He was with us instantly. And she was talking to her husband in an apartment and he was listening to the conversation. And then suddenly he was in the apartment with the husband and he had a look round, and he noticed the husband was wearing these really weird socks. He said they were like child socks with these funny pictures on them. And so he was resuscitated and he talked about how the nurse and the conversation and they found the nurse and she confirmed the conversation. And then the surgeon went with the nurse to this apartment and it was exactly as he described it. And the surgeon came back to the hospital holding those socks exactly as, as he described them. So it's the, once again, he was, you know, he was dead. They, they knew his heart had stopped. He was flatlined, no brain activity, but he saw these things and he was, even traveled to another apartment, how could he possibly know those things? How could he describe them? And, you know, they knew the time that the phone call happened and they could match that up with the medical records to see that that phone call happened exactly the moment he was dead. And it's one of those things researchers talk about is that your brain's not capable of constructing complex memories when it's flatlined. It can't construct any memories. So how how could he have seen that and remember it when he was dead? And so th- this is one of the compelling things, I think, with the near-death experiences. And also, like I said, if if that's real, then what does that say for the afterlife when you meet your dead loved ones and th- all those people? So I'm rambling again, <laughs> sorry.
0: No need to apologize. I love it. There was a, just a study that came out from a group of scientists in the past there's a lot of the scientists who said, Oh, near death experiences are just hallucinations. Well, just about three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, a team of scientists from um, some different medical universities came out and they say, prove that near death experiences are not just hallucinations. So that's kind of big news. And um, I was just researching Dr. Jeffrey long yesterday, who is a, yeah, a, a doctor and he has researched, I think, something like two or 4,000 near death experiences. And he's got the website nderf.org in 30 different languages, people all around the world putting in their near death experiences. So, people haven't checked that out. I think it's a good thing to check out. So, question Simon, how do people get in touch with you? How do people find out more about your podcast if they're interested in maybe consulting you about a past life regression? How do we find you? So the
1: Past Lives podcast is it's on Amazon and it's on Apple and it's on Spotify, and I I think when I started out I went bananas and I managed to register with maybe thirty podcast apps, and it's also on my website which is pastliveshypnosis.co.uk, but you know if you find my podcast I always put the link to my website in the the show notes and on the booking page on my website, there's a calendar and you can go in and choose the date and time that suits you. And you can book a consultation call and that's free of charge. So you can call me for 20 minutes on Zoom and we can talk about doing a past life regression. And it's um it's the thing where some people just want to do it like as an exploration. They don't mm-hmm. need therapy. They just want to see what happens and find out about their past lives. And that's something that what I always do is towards the end of the session as we go through the death of the past life, which is very rarely traumatic. And we can go to this point where we ask the spirit guides to come forward, which they do most of the time. I can't guarantee it. And you can ask them all sorts of questions. You know, why have I incarnated this time? Am I'm on the right path. You know, all, all sorts of things. And you can give me questions to ask them as well. You don't have to go with the ones I've got. So, uh, yeah, so the Eight past lives podcast is on all the apps and my website has the booking page and my new podcast is called the alien ufo podcast where i've done i think nearly 20 episodes and i also i have a podcast episode that i put out on thursdays that i call paranormal stories because when i have a guest i read their book because all my guests have books and i read the books and i that's where i get the questions from i read the book and i think oh that's interesting i'll ask them about that and then i thought nobody ever really gets to know as much of the book as I do. So I ask the authors, is it all right if I read out part of your book? So every Thursday now, I read a 10-minute section from these guests' books, and you can see what they've been saying. And you can see how great these books are. And I've been so lucky to have so many great guests with these books. And not only do I get to read the books, I get to interview the author and ask them all about it as well. And it's almost like you know, there's all these teachers and I'm getting all these lessons all the time from all these people and, you know, building up this knowledge. And so hopefully maybe I've gained something, some knowledge of all this stuff.
0: I think you have. Simon, what last words would you like to share with people? This might be their first time hearing from you, and I'm sure it won't be the last because people will definitely seek you out and listen to your podcasts, both of them. But what what
1: final words do you have for us all? Um, have you, I
0: wasn't. I didn't know you were going to ask me this,
1: but the one thing that first springs to mind is when I go to the end of the session, I take people through the death, and we get to this afterlife space, and their spirit guides when they come forward. What they always say is, "No one is alone," and what so many of the people say is that they feel this this kind of unconditional love from the spirit guides and that they only want what's best for you. And that they just say, if you need help, just ask for it because we're always around. And that I have had guests on my podcast and I said, well, if the spirit guides want the best for you all the time, they're always around, they see you're in trouble. <laughs> they just help. Why do you have to ask? And they they said, it's about free will. They won't step in unless you ask them to. So that, that's what I'd say, you know, ask me to say something for everybody. Remember that your spirit guides are around. They're on your side. There's unconditional love. And if you need help, you should ask for it. That's That's, that's what I'd say.
0: Oh, Simon, you have been a fantastic guest today. You have. You haven't rambled. We love hearing your stories. I can speak for everybody. I'm certain of it. And what I really heard in your voice is passion. And excitement. And it just seems like you're a kid at Christmas opening presents <laughs> with all these different people you get to interview and the different topics you're studying. So thank you for being our guest today. That's been
1: great. It seems like it's only been 10 minutes.
0: Doesn't it, though? That's how good conversations are. And I'm so proud of you and I'm grateful because um, you've interviewed me, I've interviewed you, and we just get to share what we love. And for our listener or our viewer, however you're. Watching or listening, our home base is we don't die.com. There, you can now find 377 episodes of We Don't Die Radio, as well as my newer podcast on iHeartRadio called Shades of the Afterlife. Whereas We Don't Die Radio, we talk to one person on Shades of the Afterlife. Oh, you get a little news, we could talk to several people. It's different. It's wonderful. Um, There are some commercial breaks in that one, though, because it is hosted by a large organization. Also, we do offer a free Sunday gathering, which is no cost to you, but loaded with inspiration and joy and a medium demonstration. We also hold lots of online classes and medium demonstrations and just so much more. It's nice to be part of a community. And also at wedontdie.com, if you click on the top of the page, there's a place that says, Facebook group and we have over 6,000 members and it's a really good place to talk about your interests. And not only that, I think one of the things that has joined many of us together is we have experienced grief. So as much as we want to have evidence of the afterlife, I think it's also important to support each other. And not just through grief, but also how to have a good life while we're here. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so grateful to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on Earth is important. I'm really left with Simon's mug with that picture of that trunk and that just universal divine soul. And you never know what leaves are dropping where and where you're continuing to learn. So be present in your life. Follow your passions. Know that you are loved and surrounded by a whole team of people that love you that you may not be able to see, and they are there to support you. And we just need to ask. So I want to thank you for listening or for watching. And we'll see you soon. Mm